Thank you for joining us for another episode of Our Heart for Teaching. In today's episode, I interview Autumn Goodwin. Autumn is passionate about her family, education, and crafting. She grew up in a military household and moved around quite a bit in her early years. Autumn's been teaching for five years now and loves what she does. She currently lives in Austin, Texas with her husband of 18 years and their two teenage sons. In today's episode, Autumn will talk about her teaching journey as well as her advice for educators no matter where they are in their education walk. Thank you for joining us for Our Heart for Teaching and enjoy this interview with Autumn. Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Heart for Teaching. This afternoon, I am joined by Miss Autumn Goodwin. Hello, Autumn. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon to come um, chat with us this morning. Or ugh, now I'm getting my times mixed up. This afternoon. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> so, Autumn, will you start by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing in education world? Uh, my name is Autumn Goodwin. I am a high school, uh, I'm in the English department, but I teach intervention English classes. So I teach uh, practical writing, which is a class for kids who have a really hard time um, with the SAR test and being able to pass that. And then I have a reading class for kids who have a difficult time reading. Um, and um, I love my intervention classes. Although this year with you know, teachers leaving in droves, I have inherited two more classes um, because one of my classes got dissolved at the beginning of the school year and uh, I was learning how to do the dyslexia program. So um, they took me out of that and they gave me two English one classes. So my schedule has been all over the place this school year. That sounds um, consistent with COVID year teachings. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Um, I do love teaching these two English one classes, though. I'm having a blast. We just started the uh, we just started Romeo and Juliet in my honors um, English one class, and um, I love Romeo and Juliet. I love teaching Romeo and Juliet because I really try to make sure that they know it's not a romance. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Awesome. So yeah, th that's what I'm doing. Uh, I originally started teaching uh, in San Antonio, Texas. This is my fifth year teaching. And uh, the year before that, I was doing finances at a charter school in San Antonio. Uh, nice. San Antonio's original home. And then we moved up to the Austin area a few years ago. Cool. Well, thank you for yeah. sharing about that. Can you talk to us about what it was like when you were in school? Like, did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you have great teachers or awful teachers? Like, what was that like for you? I had a real mixed bag. I actually went to 13 different schools. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm an army brat. Um, so we moved around a lot. Um, my parents did make sure that I got to um, have as little movement as possible in high school. So I only went to two high schools. Um, I got to graduate with people that 
I at least kept up with for a few years and I got to have really close friends and, and stuff in high school, but, um, I wasn't very good at high school and only in the last few years have I realized why, and I was undiagnosed ADHD. So I, you know, I, I had solid C's <laughs> and I'd get really excited if I got a B. And I just wonder sometimes like what would my high school experience had been if I would have gotten Adderall as, you know, a 12 or 13 year old have, had I been able to have that um, calming in my mind and been able to focus the way that I wanted to focus. Did you have any teachers um, who stood out like really that were really I great? Did. Um, uh, I really loved my uh, world history teacher. She was also my French two teacher. Um, Madame McDonald, or, you know, when she was world history, she was Miss McDonald. Uh, I absolutely loved being in her class. She always made everything so much fun. She made up cheers to help me remember things like the Tigris and Euphrates. Um, <laughs> so the fact that I still remember some things about world history just absolutely blows my mind because like I know oh that's because of Miss McDonald Jan McDonald she wanted us to be able to call her Jan but administration was like no right your students yes. cannot call you by your first name exactly age-old time and truth yeah so what was it like when you decided that you wanted to go into teaching what did you want to be able to accomplish and be N um, I totally thought of something a second ago. Um, I actually had, was hanging around a lot of people who, who had me convinced that I needed to homeschool my children and that public school was not good. So I started doing a lot of research and I started realizing, actually, I think public school is a really good place. And the more I started doing my research, the more I wanted to go into it. Because I'd been an education major twice before. Dropped out of, I dropped out of college too many times. That's fair. <laughs> um, and then when I finally started seriously going back, I actually majored in business and marketing. And... Um, and I became a mom, did all, you know, did all those things. And the people that I was around were like, oh, you know, oh, public schools are just a terrible place for children to be. Very, you know, very um, religious people that I was around. And the more that I started digging into what public schools offered, the more I wanted to be a part of it. And I had actually graduated college and I was working in marketing and my, uh, my kids were in elementary school going to one of the you know best elementary schools that San Antonio had to offer. I loved that place. Wetmore Elementary School. Love that place. <laughs> Wonderful teachers. Um, and I was driving home one day and I saw this huge billboard 
and I was crying because I really did not like working in, in a corporate atmosphere. And I had tears streaming down my face, driving home on 1604 in San Antonio. And I saw this huge billboard that said, when to teach, when can you start? And I was like, I do want to teach. I want to go back into school. <laughs> and I was like, I can start as soon as possible. So I went home and I talked to my husband and we did research. You know, we looked at what Region 20 had. There are a couple other, you know, alternative certification places. And um, I went with Texas teachers and I really just fell in love with everything about teaching. And uh, I always had volunteered working with with the teenagers after I graduated um, high school and was in college. I volunteer working with middle schoolers and high schoolers. And I loved working with that age group because they also understand my snarkiness and my sarcasm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I really just felt like it was my calling and, um, and also, you know, thinking about how Miss McDonald taught and how it was so much more fun than so many of my other classes. <laughs> and, uh, and she was always making us do, quote, artsy fartsy things. <laughs> I've got another artsy fartsy assignment for you guys. And, you know, I just, I loved that. And I wanted to be a part of it. And here I am, a part of it. Nice. Yeah. I told you I ramble sometimes. <laughs> no, you're good. So when you started your, you know, taking these education classes for real and your alternative certification stuff, and sometimes they say, well, what's your whole philosophy going to be and what's your purpose going to be when you started to develop this is my why and you started becoming a part of the education world and working with these wonderful um, secondary age students like what how did you start making your why what did that become um it really for me was about the social emotional aspect of everything I really wanted these kids to be able to grasp what, you know, what they can get out of these stories that they're reading, how it can help them with their ability to um, discover who they are and discover what's actually important to them and um, what, what it can be for their future and um, be there in I, you know, an adult human kind of way to help guide them as they're growing into who they're becoming. And sometimes it's less about what the curriculum is and more about, hey, we need Mrs. Goodwin to be a person right now. And we need to see that she has some vulnerability with us and see that it's okay to be human and make mistakes. And uh, I also have a very, I have a lot of grace when it comes to my classroom. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be the mean teacher ever, but I also want to hold them accountable. 
and there's a fine line there. <laughs> and all of that's so important to me. Does that answer the question okay? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Okay. I love that. <laughs> and I, I appreciate too that I hear, and I hear this from several educators, and I wish that more of us would really embrace it. There are times where we have to just stop the curriculum and work with the kid or the near yes. adults. There are times yes. they have to see us be human. And there are times where, you know, the curriculum just is not going to matter no matter what we do or how great we teach it in that moment until we meet the kid in that moment. Yes. And that's hard to do, especially when we have standards pouring in and it's like, you will teach these by this date. And then you add testing to that. I know it's hard, but it really does make that difference. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to educators from everywhere and all parts of the U.S. so far and like hopefully globally soon, um, <laughs> I never hear anybody come back and say, you know, um, I mean, and we don't remember just those specific lessons. And if we do, it's like, well, it wasn't life changing, but I remember this, like we remember the teacher. We remember mm -hmm. their heart. We remember that they cared about us or they did things differently. Like, you know, um, yes. and it's true. I mean, like our relevance of our lessons only goes so far, especially with Google nowadays, like, you know, mm -hmm. so it really is about those life skills that we give those kiddos. So I love that you mentioned that as well. And I think that's awesome. So, and I love talking to secondary teachers because y'all, y'all rule. You know, you do high school and I don't quite want to go there. I stay with the middle school babies. So. <laughs> I did middle school babies for one year. I probably would have stayed there, but my husband um, received a job offer in North Austin. So we were like, all right, Austin we go. Yeah. Middle school is awesome. conversation with that principal. I was like, okay, I have good news and bad news. Good news is my husband got a job. And he's like, oh, yay. And I was like, bad news is... I have to leave and I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yep. Well, talk to me, Autumn, about some of the challenges that you faced and as you face these challenges, especially pandemics, since pandemic has like really rocked our world. Like, what have you done to really stay connected, both with yourself, with the kids, and making sure that you're really feeling like you're making public education like a better place and you're keeping it that good place that you know you have that like this is a great place to be um, and you said you know you love being part of that teacher world so in the challenging times where you know so many people are leaving our teaching world what are you doing to stay connected with your own purpose your own why and to especially stay a part of our teacher world therapy helps <laughs> Um, I am, I try to formulate bonds and, and be friends with my fellow educators. And I, I just have to show vulnerability and talk to, talk to my colleagues and let them know, Hey, I'm dealing with something. You can't keep it all inside or else you're going to explode um and you know with all of the stuff like oh our kids are are so behind are they're they're behind they're behind they're behind and 
hearing that over and over again is so disheartening because honestly, kids are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for. And just like the rest of us, they're, they're going to catch up in their own time. And mostly for high schoolers, it's going to be on their own volition. Like they, they don't want to do it unless they want to do it. <laughs> Jeez, um, that sounds like adults. I know. <laughs> and if we actually really listened to the kids instead of everyone that's in like TA and, and in other like leadership positions where people have not spent very much time in the classroom, people who do not know the kids, people who haven't set foot into a classroom in ages or ever, <laughs> never mind, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I was going to say a name, but I'm going to keep that name out of my mouth right now. Um, these people who have never set foot in classrooms and want to treat education as if it's a business and it can't be a business. It's a service. It's a service of love. But they're, they're the ones making it more difficult. They're the ones saying, oh, the, the kids, let's do it for the kids. But how long, it was just a couple of years ago before the pandemic hit that they were concerned about the mental health of our children. They weren't concerned about any of that. And it's like they've taken the pandemic and used it as, as an excuse. Right. To manipulate education into what they want it to be. And so, it's very frustrating as a teacher. <laughs> what are some ways then too that you're building these bonds and at, with your teachers, especially like how do you stay connected? Because I think like every educator everywhere is feeling the frustrations of, you know, people who tell us what education should be. So we all get that and feel that. Yeah. How, how um, are you keeping that positive relationships within your staff when that's happening? Well, one of the things it's like we go get drinks after school together sometimes. <laughs> Social hour. Um, yeah. I know. Teachers are humans and we can do human adult things. It's amazing. I know, right? Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I keep, I keep together with them and we talk about the important things. You have to find the depths of the relationships and friendships. If you want to have the relationships that are important, then you really need to go below the surface. You cannot have surface level relationships and expect the support that you need. That's fair. I think that's awesome. So what advice would you give other educators who are also struggling and some who may just be like they may be listening today and they're ready to just like quit and leave what advice would you give them before they make that decision to maybe reconnect back to their I always wanted to be this but it's too hard like how can they how would you advise them to maybe reconnect 
That's such a hard thing because I, you know, that's something that even I'm struggling with sometimes. You know, my my husband and I have conversations about like the financial aspect of being a teacher and how financially it's difficult to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Especially when, you know, inflation is at 6% and we got a 1% raise. <laughs> and then our medical insurance went up. It, it's, it's such a hard choice. And we just really have to decide what our choice is going to be. And oftentimes there's a lot of tears involved when we make those difficult choices, whether we decide to stay or whether we decide to go. Um, One thing that uh, is kind of helping me as a therapy thing, I have been recording TikToks. (laughs) And I recorded a TikTok the other day about about this struggle because my husband you know he's like we're struggling financially and you have a master's degree and you could be making so much more money and I've seen two of my friends leave this year and go get jobs where they're making twice as much and I don't know if I really have advice for anybody because everyone has their own story Everyone has their own why or their own wall that they hit where they just can't do it anymore. But I just want those teachers to know that no matter what, I'm here for them. I will still hug them. I will still respect them. And if if they can't, then they can't. And we can't blame them. We can't hate on them because of it. Exactly. And I agree. And I, I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing that too, because I feel like right now we are in that powerful time where, you know, we're all having to look at it and outweigh, you know, here's the good, here's the bad. And sometimes, like you say, it is your story, you know, and when you go back and look at your story, where are you at? And can you, do that so I think that's powerful advice even just so much as look at you look at where you're at and then weigh whether it's you know yeah for you right now in this moment or not like that's powerful and I haven't had anyone before you really acknowledge um (laughs) in a powerful way of like hey sometimes we just need to make that tough decision and think about some of the hard things because it is hard I drive my husband crazy every year because he's like you're spending money on school again and then I'm like but that's part of what we do and then I was thinking about it and I'm like because I'm like why are you even getting mad at this and like but then I thought about it and I'm like I guess in every other career for the most part you are supplied with everything you would possibly need doctors doctors don't ever have to buy their own syringes or anything like that that's exactly yeah so I mean and that was something I hadn't thought about so Mm -hmm. I totally get that and um I I like and appreciate that you're just really staying true to that you know be vulnerable 
weigh it where you're at and like just be honest like you know um because we do every single one of us who's in education for the most part we have a huge heart for the kids we have a huge passion for it and you know making those choices isn't always because of the kiddos like yeah and there's a billion other things yeah and just because one of us decides to leave the classroom does not mean that they've lost their heart for the kids Really it, it is yeah. incredibly helpful that I do have, um, I, I feel, because, you know, not everybody gets along with every administrator, but I feel the support from my administrators. And, you know, my administrators, if they could pay me $100,000 a year, they would in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but, you know, that, that's not up to them. And their their our administrators are hurting too yes and shout out to all admin we appreciate y'all thank y'all oh, especially I very much <laughs> yeah especially if you're supporting your teachers and staff like that truly yes. truly makes a huge difference and makes it where we want to stay and work for you yeah. so exactly awesome and i i feel very supported by my administrators me too. I was just having that conversation with um, my teacher, Bestie, the other day. And I was like, we were talking because they sent out the, you know, what are your intents for next year? And I'm like, oh, no, like, I really don't want any of them to leave. Like, it's like a really good team that we have this year. And I'm like, oh, please don't yeah. leave. But we don't know. We'll wait for next year. So anyway, um, I appreciate all the advice and the vulnerability. And I love like, I'm just like thinking, I, I love the, you know, part of the teacher world, like I, that's so awesome and cool. Um, and how you've, you know, worked with your secondary students to really help them start evolving into the adults that they're about to be um, and yeah. showing them how to be a good human and be vulnerable even while teaching your curriculum and um, teaching definitely adaptability because obviously you've been handed like so many different classes and like here you go <laughs> let's do this instead like and the kids get to yeah. observe that adaptability as well so lots of positive things that you're bringing to the classroom and so thank you for those strategies. And I would like for you to first, before we do anything else, um, give a shout out. Who would you like to shout out that somebody amazing in your life that's really helped you be your cheerful self? Um, my mom is such a force of positivity in my life. Um, I actually, oftentimes if I've had a really bad day, I will call her and she's just sunshine on the other side of the phone <laughs> um and my husband the amount of support that that man gives me just oh i'm so fortunate to have him <laughs> I, and you know my own kids i i have my older son on the same campus i'm on and you know sometimes if i need a hug i can just he came out and he's not embarrassed to hug me in front of his friends. Aww. And uh, just that I, I have, I have an amazing family and I, it's because of them that I have this disposition and, and the joy that I've found in life in general. That's awesome. And a definite, I love the shout out to your spouse. Cause like, 
if your spouse is not also living the education life, that is, they take on a lot. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) They definitely do. (laughs) And he's in, he's in financial technology. So there's like, he's in a completely different world. (laughs) Yeah. I completely get that. So awesome. Okay. And Miss Autumn, how will people get in touch with you if they want to further connect with you? Um, I am on Twitter. Um, I cannot think of what my Twitter handle is all of a sudden. Oh my goodness. Uh, Autumn JG, I think. Um, and, um, I'm on TikTok and it's just my full name, Autumn Jade Goodwin. I am not afraid to put my full name out there on the internet. There I am. (laughs) Awesome. Well, definitely listeners get connected with Autumn because the more you grow your PLN, the better that you get and having just the support, especially in the chaos that seems to continue as we evolve in teaching. Um, And she's definitely got a great heart for all of her kiddos that she gets to work with and is right there in the in the craziness with all of us. So get connected with Miss Autumn and Stay in touch and stay tuned for the next episode of Our Heart for Teaching. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore our purpose and our why in the field of education. If you would like more information or to share your own purpose in education, be sure to connect with me on Twitter at A Heart for Teaching. I look forward to hearing from you soon and please tune in to the next episode of Our Heart for Teaching.